Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That's how we say it here in the real world, not in Utopia and La La Land. There are only two genders, and I say it every single week. It is Friday, the week of the red wave, not trickle. Trickle. Um, First of all, let's get some things out of the way. You know, Christmas is coming up. We're doing a coat drive this year. We should be putting out about two, three hundred coats, if not more, giving it to children in the Boy Scouts, well, Boy Scouts, Boys Club, uh, families in need, so forth and so on. Um, you can go on the Mar- the Conservative Podcast.com. It will be posted there and it will be on cafeorg.com. <laughs> It's Friday. I'm ready to get the hell out of this week because I've been pissed off all week because the elections didn't go our way. Not just my way, our way. But enough of that. We'll talk about that a little later on. Today I have a guest of mine. She's a really good friend of mine, and she's a member of CAFE. Um, She was also a member of Blexit Utah as well on on my board. Carrie, good to have you here. Thanks for having me, John. Tell me, sweetheart, what brings you to my neck of the wood this week? Did you just walk by and say, hey, I'm just going to go on the second floor and visit these guys? No, I found myself having a lot of extra time on my hands. Why? (gasps) Because I got fired. No. Can you get fired nowadays? You can. Really? You can. You must have did something really, really bad, Carrie. Really bad. What'd you do? Yeah, I I took a picture of some interesting materials in a classroom. Now... Were you just visiting the classroom, or what happened? What were you, was no. that your job? So I, I was mm. a substitute teacher, and I, it was my break, and I saw some things that I found extremely damaging, especially to the minority mess of everything that we're dealing with. Oh, you mean us? You know. You know. We victims? <laughs> <laughs> we right? victims? Right, yeah, yeah. So just the this, this stuff that you find and you go, huh. Interesting. So we have parental rights, but yet you're talking about how to subvert them. So I took pictures. I did not share the school, did not share the teacher, um, just shared a picture of this. And I said specifically when I posted it, which is why I got fired, was for posting it. Mind you, I post pictures all the time, as do many other teachers and substitutes of whatever you can't post a picture of a student right but you can absolutely like if i have an awesome teacher who has mm-hmm. just a really cool setup i'm like woohoo i'm here today you know or mm-hmm. is just anything to show um support mm-hmm. but this time it wasn't support so let me guess you took a picture of little red riding hood getting her door kicked in by the big bad wolf and they thought that was violent behavior right exactly no, and it actually wasn't porn either. So what no. was it? So this was a book called Teaching When the World is on Fire. And the back of the book says, is it okay to discuss politics in class? How can educators engage students around immigration, hate speech, confederates, statue controversies, gun violence, sexual harassment? And then it goes on. Mm. So, and by the way, this classroom was an elementary school. And they're talking politics? In elementary school. Now, can we even say what school it was? 
I don't want to say what's school. The thing is, is that some if you tell me in my ear, I'll say it. And yeah, I'll say you never said a word about it. It was all on me. <laughs> hey, I'll take the fall for it any day. I don't care. I'll tell you the district. It was Nebo School District. Nebo School District. Let me guess where that is for you guys who are in Davis County. You guys are up in Weber County. That is down in Utah County. It is. Way southern Utah County, like Payson, Springville, you know, that general area. We still don't know the school because she won't tell me yet, but I'll get back with you on that. <laughs> I don't want to tell the school because I don't want anybody to think that I'm just a teacher basher. That's not my but goal. But aren't you a parent? I'm a parent, and I'm also a strong advocate for good teachers. Yeah, but you're a terrorist, too, though. I am. I am. You are a terrorist. So anything you say right now is a threat to our (laughs) democracy and our children. So they can teach our kids about little Johnny who's bored and Johnny wants to fondle himself. That's okay. Right. But if you take a picture of little Johnny fondling himself while the book is in the school, that's a violation of the Utah yes, State yes. School if Board. Yes, if I take a picture of little Johnny fondling himself in any way, that's a violation. That's not okay. You don't take pictures of children in your, in your schools. But, so, you know, yeah. I had Ken Ivory on. Ken's a friend of yes. mine. And the thing is this, you know, if you take that same book, that we see in the schools or some of the content they put in these books and we were to show them to a minor out on the streets, we would go to jail. Right. Absolutely. It is so I've actually spoke on behalf of Ken Ivory because um, I met his opponent who Mm -hmm. thankfully is no longer in the race, but I met her and she had felt like because she came from a traumatic past that these books needed to be, be, stay in our schools because people need to see representation. So, and I, and, and she told me her story and I thought that's sad. Well, she didn't really, she told me this much of her story and then she turned around and walked away. Have she ever heard your story? So, um, she was actually at the, remember the Darlene McDonald debate <laughs> last year? That she really? was there. So she heard That says it all. <laughs> it kind of does, right? I mean That yeah. says it all. <laughs> yeah. So I went on and I said, you know, just because you have a traumatic life, and believe me, I'm the last person to blow off anyone's traumatic life. Right. Um so just because you have a traumatic life doesn't mean that you should want people to trauma bond with you. That is asking Word of the day, people. Trauma bond. Trauma yes. bond. So that's when you're kind of addicted to other people's gory details. Mm. Kind of like people who like murder porn. <laughs> like gore porn. or Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, um, it's, it's exploiting victimhood, I think. And it's also bringing kids like, so the left tends to believe in this idea called the myth of innocence. Our children don't deserve to be innocent because that's not equitable because not every single child has had an innocent childhood. Now, for me, and I I think you were pointing in this direction, for me, where I'm coming from, from extreme abuse, Mm -hmm. from being sexually groomed and all of those things, I, I look at childhood as something to be protected. Absolutely. And the idea that somebody can subvert what any parent wants for their kid is not acceptable. I don't care if you are a leftist and you want all of this crazy in your home. That's up to you. 
mm-hmm. but to put it in a school and to not even be willing to market in a way that that makes it clear so that kids can choose to not touch this. You know, today mm-hmm. I was in today I, I heard about a situation where a um, a girl is talking in in a counseling um, office with a with another with a teacher, mm-hmm. and the teacher said. The, the girl said, well, my parents said, and the teacher said, no, no, we're not going to do that. You are the student. I don't care what your parents say. So we have this idea, especially as conservative parents, that we can arm our kids and that they're going to be safe when they go into our schools, regardless of whether or not our schools are safe. Mm-hmm. We tell them, if somebody says this to you, you respond this way. Mm-hmm. But now we have teachers who are saying, I don't care. I'm not going to listen. You know, with my little girl, you know, I've I've been trying to indoctrinate her into conservatism. Yeah. That's right. I said indoctrination. That's what I said. Um, because that's what they want to do themselves. Yes. They want to indoctrinate your children to their liberal beliefs. Or their, and to me, I'm going to go as far as, in some cases, their pedophilia. Yeah, I would agree. Beliefs. But the thing is, with me is, you know, as a conservative, I don't get along with... <laughs> I don't do well with stupidity and, and lack of common sense, you know, because you have an emotional sense of thinking that you need, you know, what's better for my children where we're going to butt heads, right? We're going to butt heads every right. single time you come off of my kids. I'm coming after you. That's just the way it is. Well, and that's why I felt that way about that book and the other books that were on the table, because the other books that, that were on the table were culturally responsive teaching and teaching democratically in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And they can say, oh, well, democratically means different things, but when you put them in conjunction with the other books, we're talking about teachers taking their lens of what they see and imposing it on our children. And that is, that's just, it's simply not okay because parents are the experts. And I don't care if Swalwell says, (laughs) you know, whatever his garbage is, I'm like, go just, Go find your whore and do what you do. But, like, mm-hmm. leave my kids alone, you know? Um, but the problem that I have is that it is so many white teachers. And I really want to have that discussion. Like, I know we just consider ourselves Americans. And we don't like to always have the label of, oh, I'm a POC. I'm a black person. Blah, right. blah, blah. Because we're just freaking Americans. Yeah. And we're not even African Americans. Right. I'm like, I'm not even... My my family hails from Haiti, not Africa. So it's super it's super annoying. And then when they say, oh, you just have internalized white guilt. No, I've dealt with my crap. I've dealt with it. And so for you to turn around and to say that I have to deal with my internalized whiteness, no, you need to deal with the fact that racism is not that far removed from you. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people in Utah will say, oh, we're not. And they put their heads in their sand to the truth. And the truth is, is that Utah has a racist past. I don't Absolutely. have a problem with that. I don't either. I'm like, so it has a racist past, so move past it. Exactly. That's the point. Not not take all of your guilt, your internalized guilt, especially our school board members and their internalized guilt, and push it on our kids. I also heard a story about an African-American girl, a black girl, who's in her class, and her teacher asks her over 10 times every class. She calls on her. And even though the girl is quiet, she doesn't want to talk. She calls on her, 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 her. Mm-hmm. And then the girl will leave the class and she's like, I hate that class. Why does she ask me these questions? 
And then the white kids who are the ones who were telling me this story are like, of course they pick on her. They pick her all the time because they want to make her feel more important than the rest of us. So they are seeding resentment in our children under the name of we're helping. That's what CRT is about, though. Yeah, absolutely. That's what CRT is all about. Yeah. You know, these people think they're slick. And look, some of our own people are pushing the same agenda. Absolutely. You know, I believe in building bridges to the future, not bridges to my past. Exactly. And there's a lot of people who linger and stay and meander in that path because that gains that gains them power. Before example, you know, Dr. Jackie Thompson, for example. I call people out by that sure, name because that's fine. what they Go do. Ahead. Yeah. That's what I do here. Yeah. She believes she's been teaching CRT for years. Okay. No matter what she wants to call it, it's called CRT. We dealing with them when we are dealing with them now with ethnic studies. Right. So we know what it looks like. Yes. But the problem is simple is this, Carrie, that a lot of white people don't know. Yes. To a lot of white people, it's like a black woman says, hey, look, we need to have this cultural equity. We need to have this inclusive, inclusivity. Segregated schools. Oh, yeah. We need all of that. This right. is to help the black community reach the upper echelon. No one can help us better than we can help yeah. ourselves. Leave us right? the frick alone yeah. and watch what we do without that dumb shit yeah. in, our, in our face every day. And the thing is. We always talk about black leaders, black leaders, black leaders. We've got the people that are pushing CRT who are determining in their world who the black leaders are. Al Sharpton, Jesse Jacksons, Louis, Ferris, Louis Farrakhan. Come on. Right. Don't we have any of the like 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 um, Thomas Sowell, Thomas Sowell um, Ben Carson. Let's give some reason. Ben Carson. Yeah, yeah, right. Hey, hey, look. I kind of like Candace Owens, too. Well, one of the ones that blows <laughs> me away is Winsome Sears. Right. We don't know who Winsome Sears. So a lot many of people, people don't. You're like, who's Winsome Sears? They're like, I have no idea who, who it is. And you're like, are you kidding me? She is the first immigrant African. Well, she's Jamaican. Jamaican, right. right? And she's she's a vet. And she is the attorney general, right? Attorney general, vice president, base, or vice, vice governor. I don't know what that Vice was. governor to Glenn, to Glenn Youngkin. Okay, so she's all of these things. From and, she, and she's a woman. And the left says, oh, women, women. Every classroom that you walk into, women's rights, democracy. But we have no picture of Winsome Sears up because, ooh, that's that's inconvenient, isn't it? it, 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 it but it's crazy. All the Look, our heroes are some, I mean, excuse me. Their heroes are guys like Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, uh, Louis Farrakhan, Reverend Wright. You know, these are the people they worship. But they're the biggest racist. They're all about the Benjamins. They're all about the Bennies. <laughs> they are all about Bennies. They, they will use their own race to gain yes. power, yeah. and that power gains them wealth and control. Yeah. But they don't understand that. We just learned something this past week. America has shown us how ignorant they really are because you sacrifice your own well-being based off the past two years. And voted for the same people yep. that are driving us down this rat hole. Yeah. But, and it's like, wait a minute. These last two years, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. If I'm going to go wrong, I'm going to make a decision towards the right. Right. But they didn't do that. They voted for the same old shit. So they're con... Excuse they, my French no. people. <laughs> they are consumed with fear, and that's intentional. So if you are afraid, then you're like, okay, what's going to keep me safe? Utah has a huge problem with this. Do you know they're putting billboards out that say, uh, put the gun down until you feel safe. 
Yeah, when you're dead. And well, but, the, <laughs> but but what they're saying, what they're what they're saying is that you know, mental health, mental health, mental health. Oh, we have a mental health crisis, and then they're taking in all the money for the mental health. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile. They're telling kids who are, who are coming into their classroom and saying, my parents told me I'm not supposed to. Your parents don't matter. Talk about a mental health crisis for a child. Right? I mean, if a kid can't, if a kid can't sit there and go, I am secure in my family. I have my values from my family. And a teacher can't respect them. So the, the agency that that fired me then mm-hmm. turned around and said... But that's kind of... Well, I don't yeah, mean yeah, to interrupt ahead. you. No, that's kind of weird. They actually fired a black person. For being upset Isn't that about, racist? <laughs> so our, our district is interesting. I have gone and I've went to the school board and I've said, look, I would be happy to look at your curriculum and to help you figure out what is not going to point the fingers at the other side and to come up with something that's like, I have no problem with learning about cultures. I always tell the story when, when my son was in seventh grade, he had a teacher who told him about slavery. And he said that when people ran away, when the slaves ran away, when they were caught, they were brought back and they cut off their toes. Right. And so they cut off their toes so that they could still continue to pick the cotton, but they weren't going to run anywhere. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is a seventh grader. This is, this is a lot for a seventh grader. And then I thought, this is wonderful. Because if we don't know history, we're doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I look at it. I'm like, bring it on. This is, this is perfectly fine. What's not fo- fine is when we point the fingers. And what's not fine is when we reductively look at minorities. When every minority in the new kind of online curriculum I have this picture that I cannot get out of my mind. I went and saw the curriculum at our school district. They had an open social and emotional learning, which is not what it sounds like. It's social and emotional control or compliance. Okay. Hmm. So this picture, we're looking at it, and this is a book for K through third grade. And the picture has a little, has, has the black kids with the big knots, the knot style mm-hmm. in their hair. They're mm-hmm. in wife beaters. And it says a citizen can join a cause and their fists are up in the air. We're less than 3% of the population, and that is the way they're, they're fine with showing our kids. And so I went to the school board, and I said, can I just – I looked at the curriculum person, and I said, can I just, can I just show you this and, and, and point out why it's a problem? And mm-hmm. she goes, it must be so hard to be you, Carrie, and always find the worst in things. And I just looked at her, and I said, No. I don't always find the worst in things, but I wasn't born in Utah where I was told to turn my head and put my head in the sand. So you know, Utah yeah. has this way of uh, showing you how racist they are not. <laughs> right. <laughs> they have, and and if you're from Utah, and when we say this, this is coming from a black man. I've watched people dance around the issue. I watch people from Utah allow people to call them racist. Yes. And they don't stand up. Yeah. And if they did, this would be over. That's exactly. the thing that's almost so, so frustrating because the thing is, is that everybody's afraid. Oh, my gosh, I'm the only one. I'm the only one. And inside, all of these people are going, I just, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I'm the only one. And then you go, but you're not. And if one person stands and they look at another person and then they stand while we can. Because I've been reading a lot about Mao mm-hmm. and the Cultural mm-hmm. Revolution mm-hmm. and watching how much of what what you see then is going on now. Is going on now. Separating 
the people. The idea that it's okay to be intolerant, it's okay to not tolerate the intolerant. That's Herbert Marcuse. Mm -hmm. And so so if you are not tolerant, then it's okay to not tolerate you. It's okay to shame you. And so, and and who is really not tolerant when we talk? Because I think the LDS church is really kind of, well, all churches really are mm-hmm. kind of having a big division between um, standing for what's right and going down the woke road. But when you really think about the cultures that are intolerant, mm-hmm. as in the cultures who are not down with the LGBTQIA mafia, you're talking about Hispanics and Blacks. You just are. Mm-hmm. Oh, and true. so so talk about people. So it's so so. Then you get into this crazy thing of, well, is it okay to make them invisible? Right? Is it okay to make them invisible because they don't think the right way? Which is generally the thing, and that's what Nebo School District did to me. So even though my staffing agency reached out to them and said, I don't really think what she did was bad enough. She should just have a warning. The school district had none of it. So, who, who I can't. I guess you're not gonna tell me that either, because <laughs> I'm gonna ask you who pulled the trigger down there, who made the decision at the school district. The principal was it? Did it go higher than the principal? My feeling, and this is only my my opinion, okay. is that that school board knows who I am. I find it extremely convenient that it happens. I posted it over a week and a half ago, and I get fired the day after the election. Mm-hmm. So I think, and I was pushing for two people. I, I was the backer of two people who were running who did not make it in. So I have a feeling that it was a matter of let's shut her up however we can. So how long had you been working there? Oh, not that long. I only I only started this year. I started this year after watching that crazy lady in Alpine. Ooh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So after, after watching her say that parents, had, I, I wanted to know where to go because I have a child I have a child who's going into high school mm-hmm. and I was just like, am I wrong? Or am I, am I blowing this out of proportion Are the schools fine? Or is this woke agenda in our schools? And what's going to happen to my son who looks like he's white, except for the fact that he has an Afro right now needs a haircut. But what's going to happen to my son when he gets some, um, you know, very woke teacher, female teacher who goes on a tirade that boys are toxic. So you're going to tell my son, because you're assuming that he's white, that he's toxic as a white male. And because he's, he's mixed. He is. He's, he's mixed, he's, like my kids. Yeah, he's, he's second generation mixed, mm-hmm. so he's very pale. He's mm-hmm. literally like the whitest kid in most rooms. I've seen him. He's white. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is. And the idea that, first off, how dare they say this matters? It makes me so angry. And, I, and the thing is, is I believe it makes most minorities angry. You know, not mm-hmm. the ones who are making the money. Mm-hmm. Those ones are perfectly fine to cry on a drop of a hat and pull their little, you know, whatever. Yeah, they're like, I'm so sad as they're passing the hat around. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, I think what people need to ask themselves, because when we saw the ethnic studies, mm-hmm. one thing they said is they wanted as embedded is, as... Um, Cinnamon is into cinnamon bread. Mm-hmm. So they want it in every single subject. And now, they're like, if I yes. remember, that was the Utah State Board of Education 
person was she? Yes. Wasn't she from the Utah State Board of Education? No, 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 no. Well, you're you're mixing her up. You're, this is the UEA. UA, because yeah. she sat right in front of yes. us and when she said that. Yeah, and, and she even had like a little dance when you oh, And yeah. I, it was, it oh, was yeah. just like, this oh, is yeah. disgusting. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is disgusting. Yeah. And these are white people saying what's best for minorities. But one of them were white, and the second one was a black lady who, yes. she was the one who was asking, we need money. Yes. So here we go yeah. again. Because that's when I reached over to you and said, now the truth comes out. Yeah. Ethnic studies isn't supposed to be done until 2024, but they want more money for it now. And they want yeah. it embedded in everything. And what they're telling our kids is that they need to be um, comfortable with being uncomfortable. But then the reality is, is that if you flipped that and you said, hey, so we're going to tell all of for right now, we're going to tell all of these stories about how white people, you know, have created all of these systems to keep you down. Well, what if we started telling white people you used to have nice neighborhoods, but then the black people moved in and they brought down your, you know, are they going to feel comfortable with that story? I don't think so. No, I don't, no. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> they and, are not. <laughs> so, so if they're not going to feel comfortable with that story then why should these other people feel comfortable with something? Why should these children feel comfortable with something they did not do? So let me ask you something. You know you know what you and I do. We speak out. Yes. Do you think it's ever going to change in the next near future? Oh, man. What do you think? I mean, I've been thinking about this, Carrie. I've been thinking, yeah. are we ever going to make a change? Because the thing is, you know, when we go and speak at the Capitol, yep. there's not a lot of people supporting us outside in, in the rotunda. Yeah. And so I often wonder, do these people really know what's going on? Are they that oblivious? No, because I get I get messages in my instant messenger with people saying, hey, I stumbled across this video of yours or I stumbled or somebody shared your, a talk or a speech at the Capitol. And I'm wondering where you got the courage, because they're like living in Utah and being a minority. You know, you have to follow the line or you're going to get slandered by both whites and blacks. Right. Right. And right. So, but there but there's so many people, I think, that are closeted. They know that our values fit better than what they're being told. Mm -hmm. They are brainwashed. That's true. And they but but more than brainwashed, they're so afraid. And that says something like I was going to do and I decided not to, but a podcast on is Utah racist? And my answer would be yes, but not in the way that that it's portrayed. It's portrayed that every working class out there rural farmer person is a racist, mm -hmm. and that's not accurate. It's the progressives, and they're on both the the right and, and the, the left, left right? And and they're they're the people who are like, oh, I know better, and I could never speak to you because you don't have dr before your name, <laughs> right? They're so arrogant. This place is so arrogant and like kind of. But not all of it. Then there's these beautiful people who are just like, um, thank you. Thank you for not hating me. Because I've been told for the last two years that somebody who looks like you hates me. And so there's, there's this cross between this beautiful, wonderful, you know, Zion. Mm -hmm. And then there's this absolute arrogance. And it's so funny because I don't know how much you know like about the Book of Mormon, but it talks about how there is a great and spacious building and there's holding on to the rod. And I, when I moved back here, I looked around and I was like, wow, there is a lot of people moving to the great and spacious building. So, and I have complete and utter respect for the LDS culture. I was a member mm -hmm. for years, mm -hmm. but... 
But in terms of, so the, so basically holding on to the rod is holding on to your principles, holding on to God, not letting go, not being tempted by this that's over here. But this is over here right now. Just call it COVID funding. Mm. You know, yeah. let's let's build a brand new school. Let's. Oh my gosh, some of these schools, they look like Google. (laughs) You just go, all right. But the thing is, is that I don't think that a lot of minorities would trade. Um, I don't think they'd want their Google school if they knew that it meant lower expectations for their kids. Mm -hmm. Speaking of our culture, let's talk about our culture. Yeah. They say, I'm afraid of my me being my black heritage or being black or am I embarrassed to be black because I articulate things that history that are history based. So I'm assuming because you know your history and I don't know everything about history. Right. But I know enough. Yeah. To tell me which way I want to go in my life and which and how I want to raise my children. And that's as conservatives and capitalists because they kind of go hand in hand. But the yeah, thing is, our own people shun you and I because they think we're crazy. They think we're whack because basically because we don't believe everybody who has white skin tone is a racist or that they are privileged. Because I know a lot of broke ass white people, you yeah. know. Yeah, and yeah, so, absolutely. But the thing is, our race is so destructive to itself and they really don't even know it because they've been drinking the same Kool-Aid and they don't realize like, you know. Some of our own people are the ones that are pushing the agenda. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like it's like living on a plantation. And there is a point on the plantation when they would You have, know yeah. we're pissing some people off right in this state right now. You know I, we know it I'm is. I'm not sure I care. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So there's that. <laughs> there's, Still love you though. <laughs> but so it's like living on a plantation in that at, at some point, um, the masters, yes, the masters lived in the big house, but the slave driver kind of people, they could be black. And as long as they sucked up enough, you know, then they could be the ones who are cracking the whip on other black people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see with these grifters. Have you ever seen Django? I haven't. The Django when Samuel Jackson, Samuel Jackson was a house Negro and <laughs> yeah. he would... Um, Ordered the slaves to be whipped. Wow. You know, he yeah. would get mad when uh, the slave was was going to sleep in the house. Well, it was uh, Mario Van People. He was a free slave. Okay. And, did, and um, Samuel Jackson was a house Negro. Sure. So he was a slave, yeah. Samuel Jackson. So he says to um, the plantation master, which was uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. No, no, it was Don Johnson. Okay. He says... You gonna let that N word sleep in the house? As if yeah, he's doing the job that the master should be doing. But now Samuel Jackson is that house Negro with the authority to say, "You gonna let that Negro live in the master's house? You gonna let him sleep on your white sheets, boss?" <laughs> These are the same kind of people. Yeah. That I think exists today, maybe not as extreme, but the oh, mentality. Oh no, the hypocrisy! The people the who are screaming "racist," Utah's racist, racist, racist. You know, are often black women married to white men. Booyah! 
like, let's just, let's just be, be real. And, and I sit there going, how do, how does that even work? What about the ones that are half white? Yeah. Yeah. And they forget that they're the other half that they're talking about. Right. So they're basically in their head, they're enslaving themselves. Yeah. Because they just haven't figured out women. I'm biculture. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that so many of us just want to be American. That's all I care that, to be. That's it. That's, that's, that's the thing is so many of us just want to be American. So many of us just want to be free. If a kid is shy, guess what? A good teacher will go, okay, that kid's too shy. I don't need to call on them 10 times just because they're black and I need to make sure that they feel included and that, that we're centering around the marginalized. Look at what the child, look at what the individual needs. The kid mm-hmm. needs to be left alone and maybe lightly encouraged a little bit here and there. Want to answer this? Okay, no problem. Moving on. Exactly. But 10 times every class, and then you are setting these other kids up to resent that child. And not only that, you're putting so much pressure on that child by keep nagging the hell out of him, then he doesn't want to, he doesn't no. want to participate. I've, I was told that the child does not hates school and doesn't want to go and especially doesn't want to go to that class. Maybe that's my daughter's problem because she hates school. Well, centering around the marginalized. <laughs> so when we center around the marginalized, I mean, this it is a complete lie that the majority of people who commit suicide are gay and lesbian and the whole alphabet, okay? The people who are committing suicide in Utah, the ones that you're going to funerals for, these young people, are white boys, so that's the problem because we're we are not we but people are okay with erasing them because when you center around some people you have to exclude others. Mhm. True. And th- and so these kids are not seen. And what is every single person if every if, if if people are going to have a good mental health is that us? <laughs> if people are going to have a good mental health then um they have to be seen. Mhm. And sometimes I wish white people wake up. When it comes to racism and state and their kids, yeah. I wish white people would wake up and kind of stand up and push back a lot sterner than they're doing. Yeah. You know, they allow you and I to speak out because right. we speak on their behalf in a lot of cases. Right. But the thing is, those who are trying to oppress the white voice know if we call you a racist, you're not going to do a damn thing about it. Right. We come after your children. There's not a damn thing you're going to do about it because you're so. Now, I wouldn't say on all cases, but in a lot of cases. Right. Let me throw that out there. But I just wish white folks would just come to the table and say, if you can talk about it, we can talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah, because otherwise we're going to forget humanity. Exactly. We're never going to be, you know. We, we, we will never get to the point where we're just Americans. Yes. Everybody will be living under our identifier, whether you're black, white, yellow, brown, Hispanic, whatsoever. Yeah. And this is what used, that's what's used to trigger racism is your, your identifier. Yes. I'm an American yeah. who happens to have a black heritage. Yes. That's what I am. Well, and that's the thing. When they say that we're standing up for them, I don't necessarily think that I'm standing up for them. I'll tell you the truth. When I was young, I wished I wished to God I was white as mm-hmm. a little girl mm-hmm. because I lived in a small town and I my foster parents told me you cannot be black and be pretty. So I wished to God I was white. And I dealt with that. Like I moved to the city and was like, dude, I'm rocking. <laughs> so and and that's the way that I, I felt. And so for me, my race is like 
if you have a list of 12 things, my race is like number 11, you know, maybe number seven on that list now, you know, it's, it, I guess it's being boosted up because of the whole elevation because people won't talk, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, that's exhausting. Cause I think we need people to join in, in this, in this fight, but whatever, we're called to do what we're called to do. But, um, we're not, I am not okay with anybody calling me anyone's token because if you, if, well, as Nebo school board is finding out, <laughs> if you scorn me, I'm not going to shut up. Right. I'm not just going to go back in a corner and go, oh, okay, I'm so sorry. No, I'm going to go to, ev- I'm going to go to my neighbors and be like, guess what happened? Hey, hey, John, can I come on your show? Like, I'm like no, I'm not anyone's token. I'm going to stand up for what's right because I believe it's right. It hasn't, doesn't have to do with my race. It doesn't have to do with my gender. It doesn't have to do with anything, my, my faith. It has to do with the fact that there are simple, decent things and we're going backwards. Mm-hmm. No, we are definitely going and, backwards. And our teachers, many, many teachers are embracing this. And the teachers who aren't embracing it are afraid to say anything. And that's the other reason why I wanted to come on and talk to you, because teachers need to say no. Every single teacher needs to go out and get the book Red Scarf Girl and understand that a cultural revolution starts in the school. I'm afraid that we probably won't have that re- revolution anytime soon because they're all so damn afraid. It's about keeping their job, yes, their pensions, their benefits, yes. you know, and, you know, and it's not about, I've always said this, when you're worried about, and you, and you say you fight for children, the rights of children, the, protect, the protections of children, but yet your job comes first, your side-by-side comes first, your material things come right. first. Um, and children are somewhere further down on the line, you're not a fighter. Remember when we used to say, over my dead body? Yeah, you will, t- you will touch my child over, over my, my dead, dead body. body. I'm literal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm crazy that way. I'm literal. Yeah, absolutely. I'm literal. You touch my kid. I've, I've said this many, many times. This is before I ever got in politics. If you ever touch my child... You will never have to bail out. Yeah. You will never have to bail out. If I get to you first, you're going to have a problem with me. I just leave it at that because you don't touch my children. Yeah. And, you know, I wish everybody's mentality was that. I don't give a crap about anything else. Right. I deal with God, but today I'm going to be somebody else's maker. Right. Because you don't touch my children. And so people need to fight. So what happened? Because we, we even my mother, my horrid disaster of a mother, would say those words. But now today we don't. Now today we go, oh, you know, I'm just going to live peacefully in my house. And, um, you know, I can't help what's going on with the rest of the world. That's my next T-shirt, Carrie. <laughs> Over my damn black ass body. <laughs> That's my next T-shirt. You touch my kid over my dead body. And I feel that way not just about my own, but I feel that way about my nieces and nephews. Oh. And I've been in the classrooms, and I love these kids. And that's that's the thing that was most frustrating to me about, to go all the way back to the whole story, is that they said I was unprofessional. And I was like, no. No, you don't get to go there. 
Mm-hmm. You do not get to go there. You writing me off as, as unprofessional kind of sounds like, I almost said her name. The What was the, that? I didn't hear you. The curriculum oh. advisor saying that I'm angry. It's kind of, you know, like the whole angry black woman thing mm-hmm. that some people say, oh, that's not a thing. But it is. It is. You have to be six times nicer and kinder and smiling <laughs> all the time. So that people don't just write you off as having an attitude. Well, my district has written me off as having an attitude, despite the fact that I don't. They, I would go so far as to say I believe that Nebo School, the people that I've spoken to on Nebo School District, the people that I've had meetings with, I think they might be racist. And you know what, Carrie? Which sucks. (laughs) That's interesting that you say that because a lot of people are racist to the stereotype. And but yeah. they assume everybody is the stereotype. Yes. yes. And they actually feel you because here's a case yeah. in point. You're going you're at the mall, you walk out of the mall, and there's a car parked right in front of the mall. Yeah. And you walk out of the mall, these people don't know you, but they see that you're black. What do you hear? Click, click, click. Yeah. The door yeah. getting locked. Yeah. And so they automatically stereotype you when you walk out the door. Yes. Now I've done the test before. I've actually sat outside people's uh, i mean like i was at this is when i was at Southtown mall about eight about eight maybe a year ago yeah and there was this older lady yeah sitting in the car and uh people walking out by her and, and for some reason i always had this thought when i walked by somebody's car i and I'm, I'm from the south and i've heard people in the south do this when I was younger. So I want to see what's going on in Utah. So I walked right by this lady's car. I walked right in front of her. Now, she was in the car waiting, actually. Mm-hmm. That should be clear. She was waiting. I walked in front of her car, and I heard it go clunk. Now, people walked in front of the car before me. She didn't lock the door. Yeah. But, And I made sure because I watched people. It's not like she unlocked the door when they walked by. Yeah. And then yeah. locked it when somebody else. No, she literally locked the door so i said to myself that's one problem with utah they're so proud to show you how racist they are not mm-hmm. but the racism here is a lot more subtle yeah it's a lot more subtle you know and I, you know i was on a mike lee thread the other day and um people were coming at me for endorsing mike lee mm-hmm. i can imagine she didn't goes. know this i might be black right steve handy so, <laughs> in case you didn't notice, I might be black. So they said to me, Carrie, John Harvey, how much money did they pay you to endorse Mike Lee? Yeah. And they made some stupid comments because basically because I'm black, I should be voting Democrat. Yeah. So I watched this thread for a moment. So I replied, it amazes me how I always get, I said, I get sick and tired of hearing white people telling me, what I should do as a black man. Yes. As a matter of fact, last time I checked, you people are Democrats. Yeah. Democrats. And I said, the reason why you're still Democrats today is because you're protecting your great-grandpa heritage. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You did go there. Crickets. (laughs) Crickets. Yeah. Crickets. So they called me a house Mm N-word and asked me who bought me. Oh, for the endorsement? No, not for the endorsement because of the volleyball situation. Uh, at right? BYU? Yeah. So all, all I said was, I think before slandering and ruining this kid's life, who I think he's actually slow, okay? So I think before ruining this kid's life, 
especially our governor coming out and just automatically, we mm, condemn this in the harshest degree, right? Work. And so we condemn it publicly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so instead of doing that, um, I said, maybe we should wait. And I got a big, you know, the whole laughing emoji, whatever. And then they said, who picked you, you house? N word. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I just, and I just sat there and I said, wow, well, thanks for proving because I, I had said, you know, for good, for better or for worse, BYU is progressive. That would never go mm -hmm. on there. You know, mm -hmm. it, it would not have gone on there. Everybody would have had their guilt. And the thing is, is that, like, when I say, you know, I, I think that there are people on the Nebo School District who are probably racist, I don't care because their racism really doesn't affect me. I mean, it does when they, when they tell me I can't have my job back, but other people get a warning. That does kind of affect me, but I don't care about the job that much, so mm -hmm. it doesn't. What I care about is them expressing their guilt, mm -hmm. and instead of going into the corner and working on their own stuff, ideally not with Ibram X. Kindy, you know, <laughs> but like by actually, I don't know, having your black neighbor over for dinner and having a conversation with them. But that's not the way it works. Instead, we go into a corner and we read a bunch of books and then we go tell everybody else all of their problems. And then they, we elevate ourselves just like the, the ally in Mao. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you, yeah. as, as long as we're putting other people down, then we're greater and greater and greater. And, and, and I don't care. I care when you take a generation of children who doesn't care at all and you decide to teach them to care. I was looking at a book called A Child's First Book of Race, and it starts off with, starts off the first two pages, I probably would have picked up the book myself, you know? Mm -hmm. We we can't help the skin we're or the skin we're born in, but it can be beautiful and whatever else. And then all of a sudden, it you flip a page and it says, a long time ago, white people created race so that they could keep you in your place. So you're gonna tell that to a child who's maybe best friend. CRT. This is exactly what this is. And they will say, no, this is so stupid to me, John. I get this all the time. Critical race theory is a college level class that it will never be taught in K through 12 education. Last year in, in April, um, Utah Valley University had me as a guest speaker on one of their, in one of their classes. Mm -hmm. And I spoke on the cons, what they want, what their subject was, was, how should we should should CRT be implemented in K through 12 education and how should we do it? And this was at Utah Valley University that they were teaching this. I have young friends that are in college now who send me stuff and they're like, Mrs. B, check this out. Why am I supposed to write about my internalized privilege if I'm going to be an elementary school teacher? And you're supposed to do this assignment as if you are a child. This is what internalized privilege is. Write your paper about why you have it. That's what's going on right now in our in our schools, and we're bringing in ethnic studies. And That's what I was just getting ready to yeah. bring up. I mean, now they're trying to make it so it is part of the curriculum, which it makes it that much more harder for us to fight when it's part of the curriculum and the school board has this permission from the state, for example, legislature to do this stuff. And, you know, 
It's not the school board. It's an, it's a commission above the school board. Right, right. Which look, is even worse. And <laughs> look, it's like, for example, the Hope Bill. Yes. It's a franchise bill. Okay. So is CRT. Yeah. It's a it's a franchise curriculum they're trying to impose on K through 12. Okay. Explain. This, well, because CRT, for example, for me, it's a racist tool. Absolutely. To make it's 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 designed to make give blacks more power over whites. What yeah. I mean is role, role reversal. Yes. We want to guilt you and guilt your ch- children to being submissive to our history, our color, uh, and the color of our skin. What I mean by that is, so let me give you an example. Teacher gives a curriculum, says, "Little Johnny, did you know historically blacks are." Been, have been suppressed or oppressed by the white culture. Little Johnny goes, really? So the black kid, little Timmy, gets pissed off all of a sudden, and he gets triggered. And this is taught through kids daily, right. daily. Yeah. See, this is how they learn about racism. Children don't know about racism or sexuality until somebody teaches them. Yes. And it's usually an adult who has an agenda. Yes. And people think CRT critical, like, for example, when we're ethnic study. For many months now, this, the Democrats have been saying CRT doesn't exist. That's something that the crazy Republicans are pushing. But Romero said in the hearing that I didn't hear about CRT yeah. until I was in college. And this when I said to her, I thank you for saying that because for so many months, the Democrats are saying it doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. And yet she was trained to be a diversity, equity, and inclusion specialist, oh which is CRT. But the one thing that I would push back on is that um, I think that that is the buy-in. The buy-in is that black people buy in because they believe that they're going to have more power over the whites. Right. But again, we are less than 3% of the population. So if that were the case... You don't think that they're going to bring out the guns that they're so quietly not not using? And who's going to win when we're less than 3% of the population? The goal is to simply divide us. We aren't even in the equation of who has the power. So that's one of the most frustrating things is the idea that our kids are going to be a useless class. And that's all kids. Let me, there's something I need to correct you on because yes. I'm going to get those. We're actually, sure. we're actually 13% of the population. We're 13 in... in Utah? No, here we're one and a half percent. Of the oh, population. okay, yeah. So I, yeah. Yeah, I, nationwide we're we're 13%. at thirty four. We're thirty four million people. Okay, that's 340, 350 million people in the state. Ten percent of that is three forty. So we're about thirteen fourteen. Because somebody gonna come across and say <laughs> something about them two Negroes don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> no, we make mistakes every once in a while, just yes. like everybody else. Yes. But uh, by the way, Winston Sears was a lieutenant general. <laughs> Finally caught that, just in case. Uh, lieutenant governor. Lieutenant governor. Like governor. Finally, eventually. Like yeah, governor. It's a long day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But the thing is, but we'll we'll have those people. You yes, know, especially when I rip this and put it on the platform where there's a lot more people listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Carrie, you know, we don't have much time left, but I want to talk about something before we go. Christmas is coming up. Thanksgiving is coming up with Cafe. Mm -hmm. I want to do some stuff. We are going to do some stuff, things that, you know, help out the community. Like we're trying to put together Thanksgiving dinners. You know, we do our coats for kids. Um, I've got a concert coming up next year. It's not necessarily for Christmas, but next year I've got a big concert coming up. And, you know, 
Though Cafe is slowly running, you know, we're slowly trickling, trying to get everything in together. Um, you think we need donors to help out? Absolutely. I, I think the first thing that people need to realize is that we are here and what we're doing. Right. So when we left Blexit, we mm -hmm. left it because we didn't want to be black people leaving the Democratic Party. Right. Our viewpoint is very much that the conservative way of living is good for every person. And so we want every person to feel like they should be involved. We want to create something that's unity. And my vision... Spencer Cox has this, um, he has an equity, diversity, and inclusion team, and they all look different, mm -hmm. but march to the same beat. We don't have the same experience, the same life experiences by a long shot, right? And, right. and so we want to bring all people in and to say, um, you all truly belong as individuals. And we do. We need donors to start... Mm -hmm. um, to start building that. We, we, we need to build a message that is strong and that is resonant and that is an alternative to the collectivism of the woke. And for me, when we left Blacks, you know, as a state director, I did a lot of speaking. Right. And, you know, I'm not nonpartisan. <laughs> right. And as a 501c3, we had to be no, had we had to be nonpartisan. And it was hard for me to maintain that role because I just like to be me, and because when you when you when you're being who you are, you don't have to worry about changing anything. You say what you say, you believe what you say, and I don't really care. Yeah. But I had a problem with that, so you know, I would get a from our regional would come down on, hey, I understand you may be running for office. I said, what the hell did you get that? Well, it's all over your Facebook. Oh, I hear you talking. We hear you saying certain things. Yeah, blah 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 blah. So I got for me, I got tired of it. Yeah. I actually started getting. I was telling Jamie Render, my co-founder of Cafe. I was telling James, like, I'm ready to step down, you know, yeah. and then we created cafe so we could have our own autonomy. Right. So we don't, none of us want to look like we're just a black organization. Right. We're just an organization who helps and believe in conservatism. Yes. And protecting our, our city, our state, Life, our family. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Exactly. That's what we're all about. And we like to give and help out the community. Yeah. So and the reason why I'm having this conversation is for those of you that are familiar with myself and Carrie Look us up on cafeorg.com. That's cafeorg.com. Or if you're on my website, just go to modernconservativepodcast.com, and you can see Carrie's uh, website is on there. Doctor um, uh, Senator That's John okay. Johnson. I, oh, oh, I, th I was th I thought you were going to say my name. I was like, I, I've, I've cha I'm changing my who I go well, by. What do you go by now? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm changing my branding because I learned some things about Martin Luther King. And sometimes when we learn history, we we adjust, right? That's all right. We misspelled it today anyway. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go by my actual name, which Are is Carab Marcel. Are you going to so, go by that? So what yeah. we need to do, I'll get with my people, yeah. and then I'll have my people change it. And then yeah. so. Yeah. But you can look us up anywhere. Cafeorg.com, the modern conservative podcast.com, um, in yeah. words of wisdom. Or departure. Thank you for having me. Parents, please wake up. This is in our schools, and we are the first defense. It is un totally unfair that our children are on the front lines. Absolutely unfair that our children are on the front lines, but it's also the truth. And I don't know if corrupt is the right word, but we have, we have giants to fight, and, um, and they're motivated oftentimes 
by money. And remember, ignorant men are ignorant to their own ignorance. Please remember that. Please yeah. remember that. And uh, I want to say to you guys, thank you again. We're closing another show here on this great Friday, the week before Thanksgiving. Oh, my goodness. It's that time. Us getting close. Uh, I'm going to have a great weekend. I hope you have a great weekend. My name is Jonathan Harvey. I am your host of the Modern Conservative Podcast. Tune in at themodernconservativepodcast.com 24-7. Have a great weekend. Love you all.